Welcome to Unbooking the Territory Season 2, where we look at the beginnings and ends, the first and last, the alphas and omegas of professional wrestling. Joe Dan Griffin, joined as ever by my partner in podcasting, pissheader and UTT, Rob. Rob, how are you, mate? Dangerously good, Dan, dangerously good. Went out for a few drinks last night and feel absolutely fine today. And a hefty fuck you to you as well, because I was out with you last night and I felt fucking rotten all day. <laughs> a dirty glass. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. It was. Uh, I, I, I blame, if anything, I blame going into Brewdog. I think that uh, that, that poisoned the well, as it were. Couldn't believe that they couldn't give you a hot dog because they'd run out of pizza dough. <laughs> I couldn't even get into that with them. I just, just, we can't give you a hot dog because we've run out of pizza dough. Can you still grill a fucking sausage? Yeah. Oh well, whatever, whatever. We went into the Peter Crouch beer and it was, it was a mistake, really. Don't know. <laughs> it was a successful planning meeting, though. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we put too much planning in, but never mind. We, we did at least seven minutes. We did. We did. Yeah. Power. More, thought than, more thought than goes into most of this. Yeah, so by the time this comes out, there will have been a bit of a gap while we've been recording some of that stuff we've planned, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah, there will, and uh, today we're going back to we're going back to Wrestler. And we're going to look at the uh, the first episode of uh, their sort of last run on TV. But before we get there, and I think I know the answer to this, are you drinking? Yes, I am. I uh, well, because we're following a Welsh promotion. I have Magic Dragon Brewing's Green One, which is a Citra Hopped Session IPA at four point two percent, which I'm on with at the moment. They're a Wrexham based brewery. And then, as matches that we're covering today were actually filmed in Germany. I have a fruited Berliner Weiss L'Oreal, which is a 4.3% beer from Tartarus Beers. And if you want to drink Tartarus Beers, you can log on to scoutsbeers.co.uk, put in the promo code UTT Podcast 15 and get 15% off. You can indeed. And you, you, you called it L'Oreal, and I was just about to say that sounds worth it, but I don't want to take the piss if it's a Tartarus beer because I've had that one. And it really is worth it. It's very good, as all Tartarus beers are. For me, because I am soft as shite, uh, I'm just testing the waters at the moment with a Hobgoblin. Classic Ruby beer, 5%, available everywhere. Easily quaffable. We'll just see how that uh, how that settles. <laughs> it's one of those kill me or kill me type of scenarios at the minute. Oh, well. What's the worst that can happen, eh? <laughs> like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but it's not like, I've, not like I've never had to uh, interrupt a recording to go for an emergency shit before, so it'd be a first time if I have to go vomit. <laughs> yeah, just don't say anything like optimism. I find I won't do a fitch. Um, you know, when he left that microphone on him and uh, went for a piss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, like you said, like I said, we're going back to wrestling. And like you said, Rob, these matches were filmed in Germany. Uh, more specifically, I believe they were from the CWA Euro Catch Festival on seventeenth of December, nineteen ninety-four in the Stadthalle in Bremen, and there were around about 6,000 people in attendance. I hope I've got that right. I don't know if you know anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you've uh, bang on, and that looked like a pretty decent uh, attendance, didn't it? Yeah, so uh, CWA, that would be, is it uh, Otto Vance? Yes, I believe so, yes. His territory? Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much everybody has been through there at some point or other, and you, we can kind of see that with this... Uh, with the card, with, with the match we've got going on here, for the, the opening match especially. It's a bit of a mix. I am gutted because this used to go out on Eurosports. And I remember in the 90s seeing some wrestling from France, which probably was the same promotion from France. And it just had really saggy ropes and looked really unprofessional. 
So I was like, oh, I'm not watching that. <laughs> I watched it again and probably missed out on some decent stuff. Yeah, yeah, there, there were some uh, familiar faces in this uh, in this match. Hi, there were. And uh, before we get into that, I suppose we'd best recommend some beer, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. what would you recommend watching Wrestler? Yeah, so uh, as this was filmed in Germany, I've gone for a German beer. I've gone for Maximator by Augustenstein Brown Munchen, which is a 7.5% double brock. Uh, it's one I've given 3.75 to on on tap. So, yeah, get some German beer to watch some wrestling uh, from Germany. Very nice. Uh, I'm going a bit of a different way. Well, I say a bit of a different way with mine. I'm staying in Germany and I'm going for an, <laughs> this is where I butcher this, an eight Schlenkerler Rauchbier at Erbach, which is a 6.5% Rauchbier. Uh, and I gave it 3.75 to on, uh, on untapped. It's uh, from the same people who do uh, they do a fantastic smoke beer, do uh, uh, Schlenkerler. It's a microbrew out of Bamberg, and it's the one with the distinctive sort of old school yellow labels with the red and black lettering. All right, okay, yeah, very good. I do like yeah, smoke. anything by anything by them. Yeah, anything by them. It's bloody lovely, and it felt appropriate for this episode. We're smoky wrestling hall. Yeah, it was a bit one it, but yeah. You could tell the smoking ban was a, was a ways off. Yeah. We opened up the show, and it's our mate Orig Williams on commentary, uh, or at least welcoming us to the show. I wasn't quite sure, because it's all in Welsh. And as we say, we're getting wrestling from Germany, but broadcast under the wrestler banner. Now, this opening match, as I said, is a hell of a mixed bag. It's a six-man tag. On the one side, we've got Danny Collins, British wrestling legend, world and European titles in five weight divisions, Wrestled from 1983 to 2018. Hell of a long career. Uh, you've got Texas Hawk, which is a baby JBL. Oh, imagine if long hair. the limousine and... <laughs> <laughs> and the final member of the team is... Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. PN fucking news. Favourite of a work in progress podcast, and I believe the uh, the one man's meat boys. Yeah, if you want more info on, on PN News, go listen to a work in progress because those guys can tell you everything about PN News, and I couldn't be bothered to look it all up. Yeah, we, we would never do as good a job, so you know. Yeah, we just couldn't do it justice. Exactly. Yeah. The next team, they've got a, a German wrestler called Eddie Steinblock. Uh, I couldn't translate his Wikipedia page. For some reason, it wasn't just wasn't having it. I tried all of five seconds and couldn't get yeah, it. So I understand with that. Yeah, so we've got Eddie Steinblock, Ulf Herman, German wrestling legend, maybe, uh, who made it as far as ECW and became part of the FBI. He was a challenger to RVD during that legendary TV title run, and recently came out of retirement for a company that shall not be named. Uh, because the scumbags who don't pay the wrestlers, and uh, he beat the piss out of Ace Matthews. All right, oh, yeah, which is, which is very good. You know, we're, we're always up for that. Yeah, bollocks to Ace Matthews. Uh, I'm, I'm obliged to say that as as we're sort of friends. I think, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, all firms on there, and then Ice Train, the Smooth. WCW one. Yeah. Yeah, well, he could have been he was, he was, he was, he was what was his name? Because he, he was smooth in WCW. He was one of uh, in WCW 2000. Yeah. Oh dear. So it's a hell of a mixed bag. And what I have to say is, uh, we start well. We start out with Steinblock and Collins, and and the, there's a military press by Steinblock, and it's sort of quite quick. It's an elimination tag match because it's just a whip and knee to the gut for the pin, and that's it. I can't believe you brushed past the uh, wrestler stickers that they'd put on the ring posts. It looked like a football away day sticker. <laughs> I'd forgotten to note that down, but now you say it, yeah. It was quite yeah. funny. I was more distracted by how wrong JBL looked with, with long blonde hair and the blonde sash. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Add him to the, uh, the Frankie Kazarian list of wrestlers who don't look right with long hair. Yeah, no, that, that's, uh, that's true. But um, uh, again, the, the ropes were very loose in the promotion as well. 
saggy rope, CWA. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't great. And thankfully, all that happens at this point is, is Texas Hawk, JBL, is just forearming, forearming Herman right in the mush multiple times, body slamming him, ramming him into the turnbuckle. You know, knee to the gut. There's whips to the corners, but not a lot of... Just before that, when, 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 there, was the, when there was a pin on Danny Collins... PM News comes into the ring for reasons, but doesn't break up the pin. He <laughs> just like gets in and just wonders about partners getting pinned. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I've got to do something, but I can't cry, quite remember what. <laughs> am I rapping? Am I splitting up the pin? Or am I just bungle chunking about? It was a slow news day. How long have you been sitting on that joke? Just came to me. Just came to me. Oh, you're a genius. You're a genius. At one point, in amidst all the, the violence coming from Texas Hawk, Herman dodges, uh, dodges a charge, tags in Steinblock, uh, who ends up going at the top rope for a, for a clothesline for two. So saggy as the ropes are, the uh, the turnbuckles are all right. <laughs> Again, before that, there's a bit where um, Ulf Herman sort of jumps off the top rope and almost purposely lands his balls on JBL's arm. Who's <laughs> like, has oh. he got balls? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are they trying to tell us here? His, his testicles dropped. <laughs> so what? <laughs> yeah, it was. This is such a weird match. Such a weird match because, uh, yeah, Steinblock's attempting to roll up Hawk off the ropes and he grabs the tights for two. And then PNUs gets a, a knee to the back of Steinblock. Uh, Texas Hawk hits the clothesline from hell, and that's it, that's it down to two two because he pins Steinblock for, uh, for the three. And it's at yeah. this point I realised that JBL looked a little bit like Chris Hero. He did look a little bit like Chris Hero. Also, just before the pin, he did a poke to the eye right in front of the ref, and nothing happened. Yeah, the ref didn't give a single shit, did he? There was another bit that was weird though because. Steinblock did a top rope clothesline, and for reasons the the ref wouldn't let him go for a pin. It was just bizarre. I mean, this happens just all through the match. Just PNU's doing nothing really on the outside, a knee to the back, and all of that. And it's did you notice the big pop as well when that Steinblock got when he buggered off? Yes, yeah, I thought that was weird. <laughs> the German crowd were happy to see the back of the German wrestler. Yeah, it's, it's just bizarre. Weird. We've got uh, Texas Hawk and Old Furman in at this point. There's four arms to the chest, and, and PN News is getting another knee to the back. Hawk hits an uppercut, and PN News tags in, which at this point, I believe the AWIP guys will be losing their minds. There's a double big boot. PN News just decides to cheap shot Ice Train for reasons. Old Furman has to go for the obligatory sunset flip spot, but he can't get the big lad over. PN News misses the ass drop. And I believe he shouted at my hole when he landed. <sighs> Nia Jax style. I really didn't. Yeah, I really didn't want to think about Nia Jax at all, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bang bang handy. <laughs> Just and then we've got Ice Train and PN News, and it's it's certainly stuff happening in a ring, but it's not not exactly brilliant. Well, there was kind of a warm tag when uh, Ice Train came in, so at least the crowd were kind of into what they were going to see. <laughs> Ice Train then does a couple of standing splashes, but he misses the uh, se- uh, second one. <laughs> PM News, I put in my notes, in inverted commas, running. Splash <laughs> 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 to the back. <laughs> yeah, it, it was about as quick as I can move, to be honest. <laughs> Was that was that uh, waddling splash to the back? It just wasn't great. Although at one point Ice Train did reverse a whip and, and PNU's got you know went straight over the top. Yes, the saggy um, ropes. Yeah, went went over the commentary desk. Yeah, I just wish it'd been like that time when Kendo Nagasaki like fell on the commentary desk and like was crawling across it and accidentally rang the bell. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it to be fair. And and PNU's can't make the ten count and he's eliminated. It's Probably the most innovative elimination in this match, really. You know, it's something a bit different. You don't see count-outs often anymore, do you? No, no, we should see more of them, to be fair. I, I think, you know, it's ridiculous because, you know, wrestlers don't want to win by count-out. You've incapacitated your opponent for 10 seconds. And surely that's better than covering them for free. 
You'd think, wouldn't you? But you know, when since when does logical thought have place in wrestling? <laughs> we'll have we'll have no logic here. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a decent town and local wrestling show. <laughs> local rules for local people. Yeah, exactly. Ice Train was trying to rally the crowd as PN News was leaving, but they did not come with him at all. They only fired up when the uh, the match got going again. Oh, uh, yes. PN News is trying to get back in the ring as well, isn't it? And the refs. Yeah, uh, I really don't know if he didn't if he was trying to be a heel or if he just didn't know what was going on. No, I, I don't know. But J- JBL has Ice Train in the corner, and the referee's blowing his whistle. <laughs> yeah, I thought Bill. I was having Bill Alfonso with flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. They were trying trying something here, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, he didn't even get a yellow card out of his pocket. Well, not yet, not yet. No. There's there's not a lot of action to to talk about, really. There, there was quite a good camera angle of uh, of Hawk getting a, a, a flying forearm from the top. That looked pretty good. Um, he then cheap shots Ulf Herman. But there's yeah, it's all just whips, big boots, whip into the corner. A big clothesline by Ice Train for a double down. Ulf Herman tags in, and, and, and it's more clotheslines. Two for Hawk, and then clotheslines him to the outside. Well, Ulf tries to go for like a 619 type drop kick thing on JBL to the outside. Yeah, I thought he was trying like I thought he was trying to dive and realised that Hawk, uh, that Texas Hawk was dodging, so swung himself back back in before he hit a slingshot plancher. That was that was the one moment of that was like one of the moments that was really cool. You know, to see that in in the CWA in the, in the mid nineties, that was something you'd sort of more expect in in Japan, maybe. Yeah, at the, yeah. At the time, so can't go wrong with that. We're getting towards the finish here, really. Ulf Herman he rolls uh, JBL in. There's a rever- another whip reversal and a big boot from from Hawk, but Herman doesn't go down. Herman eats a clothesline from Hell. Ice Train interrupts the pin, and and there's interference with no. Real admonishment for the refer- from the referee again. Whips Hawk to the corner, hits a running splash. Uh, there's a whip-assisted splash, uh, but Hawk dodges the one from Ulf Herman. <laughs> Whips Ice Train, who, who ducks the clothesline, and launches Herman using the top rope into a clothesline for the three and the win. Yeah, uh, and uh, Ulf and Ice Train are the sole survivors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no. I suppose, I suppose one team only having one eliminated is uh, is a bit unique as well. Don't yeah, see well, that often. Yeah, yeah, it's good that they didn't just you know go for the well, you know single person remaining yeah. and the old hope of it being you know two on one with the face uh, having to battle yeah. back against the and, two. Mm. I've kind of, I've kind of shit on this match a little bit in, in hindsight, but. At the time, there was an ele- there was a sort of a novelty element to it, you know, seeing a really young JBL and just the randomness of PNUs and ice training there. And some of it was, you know, sort of big lad spectacle. Really, yeah. it was just two big slabs of meat going at it and, and you know, trying to knock, knock the piss out of each other. So it wasn't all bad, just not a lot to write home about in places. No, no, I know, I know what you mean. It... it... I think it was just more that the people that were in it and not expecting to see some of these names. And, you know, it's the first time we've watched a, a wrestler through a German lens, really, isn't it, as well? So Yeah, true. It's it's effectively CWA, which is a new product for us. Yeah, with an awful lot of American imports. Yeah, well, yeah. Like I said, like I said there, it feels like anybody who's anybody has, has gone through CWA at some point in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Am I right in saying it's still going as well? I'm not sure. Not sure. Maybe that's something we'll have to look up. I did discover the other day that there is catch wrestling from France on YouTube from the 1950s, and right. like Jack Taylor, who's Dave Taylor's father, for some of his matches. There's Edward Carpentier, mm. you know, just an absolute who's who of um, 50s wrestling. There, so it may be worth us uh, making a, a diversion to some French wrestling at some point. Mm. Yeah, we could have a look at that. So I've just had a quick look at the CWA. Uh, it, it actually closed um, and was replaced in 2000 by European Wrestling Promotion, EWP, which was in 2023 renamed the Catch Wrestling Promotion. 
right, okay. So CWA is no more, but there is still wrestling sort of happening there or thereabouts and and running the uh, running the territory. Yeah, well, I wonder if they've got uh, any relationship to the original catch then, you know, because obviously that that was a long time ago. Or if they just start trading on the on the name, could well be. We'll have to uh, we'll have to have a little look around, won't we? But yeah, that opening match was a bit of daftness and a, and a bit of fun. I think if I'm being uh, if I'm being generous. And next up is again a, a matchup I'd never expected to happen. First up, we've got Tony Saint Clair, who at the time of this match happening was 47 years old, who uh, versus Masahiro Chono. Yeah, uh, so we've reviewed uh, Chono before on the podcast uh, in yeah. Lou Fez's last match. Uh, Tony Saint Clair. I don't know if it'll be out by the time this episode drops or uh, if, uh, depending on <laughs> the schedules. But uh, he is Big Daddy's tag team partner for uh, the Cup Final Day 1978 match. Mm. Yeah, and actually, with Saint Clair, he uh, he wrestled Japan on and off from 1979 to 1995. It was in the uh, the inaugural Best of Super Juniors tournament. It was it was called something different back then, but he was part of the field for that as well. So there's a chance he uh, he may have known known Jono previously to to this match. All right, cool. Uh, I was watching Count Bartelli's retirement match, um, and you know the well, the, whole, the whole episode of wrestling that it was on, and there was uh, you know a thing about his career, and then they were wheeling out famous wrestlers from the past, and the, you know they were wheeling out uh, Burt Royal and Vic Faulkner, and it's all right, brothers, <laughs> and then they, then, then they wheeled out Roy Sinclair, <laughs> and I was like, oh, Tony Sinclair's coming next. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, so going into this match, uh, we get another Orig Williams intro, and it's, it's always just nice to see him, really. And both men are already in the ring as it uh, as it cuts into the uh, into the Bremen Arena. And Masahiro Chono comes out of the gate with a massive kick and just stomping the shit out of Tony, and just absolutely just ground and pound right from the get go. I think Tony barely had time to uh, to prepare anything. Chono was just on him. Really hot start. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe cover this a bit next week as well, but uh, a step more into the physical side of it, which was probably reflective of where New Japan was at the time. Yeah, very much so. Um, and it was, but it's, I, I like something like that, because if you, if you just flicked it on by chance, you just see somebody beating the ever-loving piss out of someone, it's going to grab your attention and make you watch. Yeah. Yeah, they'll just come back from a break and they're straight into it. So I've got no problem with that. I think you know we say quite often that when matches have, have got a blood, you know, sort of a blood feud, they have to start this way. Yeah. Sometimes it's a good way to just establish a heel right off the bat. You know, a bit of yeah. cheating, a bit of shit alzery. And one thing I did like was Tony Saint Clair for quite a while after this initial attack is selling. The damage from the kicks. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he turned, uh, Tony Saint Clair sells his ass off in this match. Yeah. Well, I, I think that. You know, to, to be fair, that I think that's uh, a hallmark of Tony Saint Clair that it is always sort of the uh, the beaten up <laughs> working from underneath. <laughs> yeah. He takes a good ass kicking, I suppose. Is the uh, right? But, uh, yeah. A lot of people used to say that about Mick Foley. <laughs> well, you make, make it look like he's taking an ass kicking as well, rather than. Uh, a lot of modern wrestling yeah. where, you know, I mean, uh, the, this whole bloody um, Seth Rollins thing at the moment, every opponent he has, they're talking about his back injury. And then he's just, you know, cartwheeling around the ring. Phoenix splash and, and all the rest of it, yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's a, bit of a bit of a disconnect. As we said, logical thought has no place in wrestling. So, yeah, and he's watching Tony Yeah, yeah. Tony takes it down to the mat and, and we're getting some... We're getting some actual, old, some good British wrestling in here, you know, some good chain wrestling. Because Tony, he, there's a sort of a big hip toss from Tony, and then he's trying to get an armbar, but he, and then he gets Chono to the floor. But he, you can see him make a concerted effort to keep his hips elevated, and yeah. Chono tries to spin out, but Tony's able to follow him, so Chono has to go to the ropes. It's just so masterful, really, is the only way I can explain it. Chono, the sort of lock-up again after that, Chono gets a headlock takeover and 
Tony manages to roll into a pin, for one. Chono goes back to the hold and, and Tony tries it again. And Chono's back up, you know, back up to his feet, but still with a hold on. And he he starts punching Tony. And I think it's I think it's Chono does this. He does a he goes straight from a drop toe hold into an STF. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously he's uh, the favourite student of the master of the STF, isn't he? Who was that again? My my brain's my booze-addled brain's failing me. Who fares? Oh yeah, we talked about that earlier. I'm not well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over. Leave me alone. <laughs> it was brilliant. I've never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen that done like that. No, no, it was uh, it was good. Knew what I was doing. Yeah, uh, and, but and then in the, the, in the in the submission. Sorry, just in the submission. Tony's fighting an inch into the ropes and. It's not over dramatic like a lot of wrestling. It it genuinely feels like a struggle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I say, it just feeds into this. Uh, takes uh, takes an ass kick in uh, <laughs> and looks worn down. Tony Saint Clair. Yeah, <laughs> but it all just looked brilliant. Bit of shithousery from uh, from Chono when he dunks Tony to the outside and starts messing with the ring post protector. You know, putting the boots and dumping out again, and and all the rest of it. Chono's firing off with the kicks, which you missed before that when Saint Clair had he, he grabbed the rope, but Chono was refusing to work, break the hold. Oh yes, and the um, he got a yellow card. Would hate to play on, hate to play. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better booker it better. And that noise right there means it's time for Steve-O to booker it better. Oh, fuck me. Wait a minute, Michael Cole. Oh, my. I don't believe it. It's the SDF. The SDF and Tony Sinclair. Oh, my goodness. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. He ain't letting go. He ain't letting go. Oh, my Goodness, what the hell, the likes of John Cena have had the STF and the likes of CM Punk and the likes of Alberto, Alberto Del Rio and, oh, you mustn't forget the time when he had the STF on the likes of Dolph Ziggler. Oh, my goodness, I know exactly what it's like to have the STF on me as well. But, wait a minute, wait, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. The referee's giving him a yellow card because he won't break the hold. Oh, my Goodness! <laughs> the accuracy of that is terrifying. <laughs> it sounded like Booker T was in the room. <laughs> that is exactly how it'd go down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Booker T probably that, understand what a yellow card was. <laughs> he'd pretend to. Mm. He probably can't understand what most things are happening now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was spot on from Steve. That was really spot on. Bloody hell. Just at this point, as um, Sean was removing the turnbuckle pad, it, it was obvious that the VHS tape that this was recorded on had got chewed up and then <laughs> had been re-spooled back into the cassette. Yes, uh, I love seeing anything like that, though. It makes me nostalgic. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that was it. It, with all this, you know, shit algae going on and, and getting kicked and dumped out of the ring, uh, Tony gets back in. There's a kick from Chono, Snapmare, and another big kick, and Tony starts Saint Clairing up. Well, I, I couldn't tell at this point if if Saint Clair was bleeding or not. I went back about four or five times, and it, it, it's a pretty ropey copy that we yeah. get. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if he was just really red. <laughs> it could have been but, the yeah. from the shots. To be fair, it was he, he had some big kicks, didn't he? He tells Chono to go for the kick again and then grabs a sleeper as Chono goes for it. Takes him right down to the mat, but Chono powers up back at him. He's, uh, you know, Tony's all over him, basically. Tony's getting a, gets an uppercut in and they start trading chops as, you know, as is the, as is the one of New Japan uh, around about that time. And then, well, Japanese wrestling as a whole, I think, because wasn't the 90s when all Japan and sort of the um, King Road... Like- yeah, pancreas and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that was all kicking off at the time, and still to this day, really, is mm. uh, is going on. Which I like it, you know, just just twatting each other to see who falls down first. <laughs> You'd have liked that ultimate slap championship or whatever it was. Oh, do you know what? I uh, it wasn't it wasn't the one 
that's gone all like trying to go all like UFC with the referees and, and the, the staging and all that. I ended up watching because I got it free on fight, um, a slap fight contest as just as lockdown was ending wow. right around the world. They started start putting events on. Whole gel on the hands. So, no, <laughs> no, it was just a just a bit of talcum powder and stuff like that. It was it was bizarre, but I was I was engrossed. I watched the whole thing. There was a big name on it. I can't remember who it was. There was somebody sort of wrestling adjacent. It was actually on it. I'll have a think and I'll trawl back through fight at some point and see if I can figure it out. Um, it, it always remi- reminds me of that. There used to be an advert for Reeves and Mortimer, and uh, uh, it was like. Live from Scunthorpe, international pan fighting. <laughs> Just two people on uh, a bit of grass with frying pans. Then Dickie Davis would talk about that seriously. He'd give it half a chance. Yeah. But back to this match where they're slapping the piss out of each other. Yeah, Chona hits a, a sharp punch. He goes to the top. There's a, a flying shoulder block that sends Tony to the outside. Tony gets back in. Chona goes for it again, but... Tony gets the big shot to the stomach and goes off him, goes up to the top himself. And he hits a big crossbody off the top, but Chona rolls through for a two count, which is very good. And Chona dumps Tony out again. He follows him this time and sets him against the post for, uh, for the big charge. But Tony sidesteps and sends Chona into the post shoulder first, which earns him a yellow card for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> what, we supposed to just let him run into you? Well, I think it's because he, I think it's because he moved and then used his hands to propel Chono further forward. You know, with a bit more velocity. I think if he'd have just moved, it'd have been all right. I think the referee was splitting hairs. Right. Well, fair enough. I, I don't know why I'm trying to rationalise it, but whatever. <laughs> Tony's getting a bit pissed off by this point. He rams Chono's head into the table uh, before getting back in the ring. Chono takes his time following, so. When he's on the apron, Tony just kicked him in the head. Someone in the crowd at this point had a football hooter. Yeah, that was... That caught me off guard. <laughs> that was... That was odd. There's a couple of running forearms from Tony St. Clair's. Chono eventually gets in. Uh, he grabs an abdominal stretch. Chono hip-tosses his way out of it. I think Chono was bleeding at this point. Yeah, I think he was. Now you mention it. Like I say, a bit difficult to tell. Tony ducks a clothesline, he, and then he hits a back elbow, and the, sort of there's a double down off the um, uh, off the shoulder block. Oh yeah, I've got it in my, in my notes now that Chono is definitely bleeding because uh, he eats a boot off uh, off Tony, and Tony hits a flipping senton off the top. Yeah, which yeah. I never expected out of Tony St. Clair to be honest. But there we go. It's oh, um, more a great roll and slice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was, but I still popped for it. It was, you know, it was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> you know, especially at his, his age as well, you know, pulling yeah. into the bag of tricks. It's, it's like when Funk hit 50 and started doing moonsaults. Oh, that was brilliant, wasn't um, it? <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, St. Clair slams Chono. It goes to the top again. He misses the knee drop because Chono moves. Chono's kicking him in the gut and a few to the knee. He uh, grabs the leg, but... There's uh, an Enziguri and both men are down. Well, uh, to fall down. It was almost like the Ric Flair Pratt fall. It was a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, he was, he was definitely trying something there. Tony's, Tony's the first to stir. Chono ducks a, uh, goes to duck a clothesline, but Tony hits a, a DDT for sort of another double down. Tony's first up again. He slams Chono for the three, but it looked to me like Chono had his foot on the rope. Yeah, I thought that as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it was a referee fuck-up or, or if there was said, you know, because I think these um, these sort of festivals were done over multiple days, so it might have just been setting up uh, a match for the following day. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe it had more uh, relevance to the live crowd. Yeah, maybe it did, but I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, no, it I did. Was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like I say, a match-up you never really exp- I never really expected anyway, or, or knew happen. It's always, I do like a bit of Masahiro Chono. I don't, I've never watched enough of his matches, but every time I watch him, I really enjoy him. Yeah, and, and it's good to see him, you know, because we've sort of seen him later in his career, but it, it's good to see him earlier on. Yeah, not just rocking around WCW doing, you know, five minutes every couple of months. Yeah, yeah. So, 
no, we've, we've seen some decent stuff from him. Yeah, we have, and, and that's all that's left of uh, of the first episode of uh, of Wrestler's Last Run. Uh, it was just two matches. I think it was obviously either side of an ad break. But that's it. We don't get an outro. We don't see Orig again, unfortunately. Um, obviously, this is only what the uh, the you know what whoever recorded it could get onto the uh, onto the tape and then put across onto YouTube. But again, a, a, a lot to like, even if there was no uh, no big Welsh flag and uh, or not many uh, sort of classic British wrestlers. I, I did like it at the end. Uh, sort of Orig Williams was there with Tony St. Clair, but he didn't seem to like have any questions for him or anything. So it just, just ends. Yeah, just sort of sat there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, it was interesting to see wrestler through a different lens. You know, wrestling for a Welsh audience as opposed to Welsh wrestling. But, yeah, yeah no. it's, it, it's definitely a show that happened. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, enjoy, enjoyable in its own way, I think. Yes, well, we'll come on to the ratings in a moment. But there was actually uh, an ad on the ring apron. I don't know if you saw it. I did not. It was for Bremer Trezor Lessing GmbH, which I believe is a safe leasing company. Oh, fair enough. Does that mean that you rent safes off them? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, I ain't digging, dug into it too much. All right, no, I was genuine. I was genuinely curious, or if it was some like banking terminology that I'm not familiar with, like money lending or something like that. Well, I mean, it could well, maybe something lost in translate. Maybe that's a literal translation. Yeah, yeah it could be. But could be. yeah, fair enough. It's always nice when we get a uh, uh, get an advert. I was just really annoyed, really annoyed that we didn't have any uh, any adverts from the time period. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. We would have got some Bobby Dazzlers from... Uh, well, I imagine if we'd got original German adverts as well. That would have been... Uh, oh, I love that. I mean, in terms of our um, adverts and shout-outs that we've had for the show, and uh, we're not not just this show, but uh, the Unstack and Daditori podcast that we've got as well, Graham, that's the Good Bad Wrestle from the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling podcast. Um he said that hope, he hopes that I'm going to track down all the people that uh, actually got the jobs that you applied for in the Dan Does the Job section. <laughs> Find out was working in the <laughs> Gentleman's Club in Huddersfield. <laughs> that would be some undertaking. Yeah, it, it would. It would. Yeah, I, I might need some help with that one. Yeah. And um, high five, Tom, um, from the uh, Ring of Honor We Read Revelry podcast. The shout was out every week, but... Uh, uh, he was demanding as well that we find these people. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you know what, lads? You get started on it, and Rob will fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, we got a shout out from Mark at the Project Football Podcast at Proj underscore Thoughts uh, as uh, one of his favourite podcasts. So, thank you very much for that, Mark. Yeah, he's always a great guy to talk to and uh, and to listen to. So go listen to Project Football. Uh, and, well, recently at time recording, uh, probably not so recently by the time this goes out, but it was uh, he went on uh, the uh, It's Only a Game podcast. Uh, so go check that out, another, uh, another fantastic football podcast to listen to. Superb, yeah. A swimming puro at um, Dehomey Echo Arc. They'd posted a, uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh um, gif following uh, the uh, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh advert uh, that we had on that episode with Mackenzie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> Shocking, I know. My memory's not the best. James at Yamal Wright has uh, uh, said about uh, on second editorial's fucking quality and uh, posted a gif of uh, Daddy who <laughs> said, easy, easy, easy. Fine praise from a fine man. Ta, Jimbo. Don't know why I call him Jimbo, then. I've never done that before, and I never will again. Sorry for that, James. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's his new name now. He's going to have to live with it. Get, get changed by Depot. Glenn, Glenn Abbott <laughs> from um, a Work in Progress Wrestling podcast, which, oh, fingers crossed, we'll be recording an episode with them tomorrow. Mm. He was um, saying about the uh, Les Battersby match, uh, uh, you know, Coronation Street star. Say it, saying that uh, there should be a, a meet-up with uh, 
Bam Bam podcast for it. So, although we have actually spoken about reviewing a crossover between Coronation Street and wrestling. We have, yeah. We'll have that in the works because it, it's definitely going to happen. Um, I, I, I kept forgetting about it, but you've, you've mentioned it a few times and we really do need to do that episode. Yeah, no, we, de- we definitely do. Graham has uh, also recommended that um, Five Takes Taylor at uh, Taylor Hassel 1 listens to the uh, Daddy and Haystacks and uh, he says he's on it, so welcome on board. Yeah, welcome along and, and thanks for the recommendation, Graham. Uh, yeah, your brother Cam at CamGriff92 said uh, he was talking yeah, to, He said he was talking to someone at work today about Kendo Nagasaki. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't surprise me because Cam works with a close relative of one of the uh, one of the, sort of the classic British wrestlers. I'll uh, I'll tell you off air just because you know don't want to drop in where people you know drop in anything that might be able to figure out where people work and all that other crap. <laughs> oh, superb! Oh, Beth Beth's grandma told me a story about um, a British wrestler uh, in the seventies today that I'm going to save for the uh, <laughs> Dad Atari. <laughs> it's quality. Brilliant. Pig Bladders at King's Pig Bladders uh, said that he'd never heard the uh, Giant Haystacks Christmas single, but now it's going to be on repeat on Christmas Day. <laughs> Fucking hell, poor people in his house. <laughs> his poor family. He needs to call a Christmas truce, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I know I've listened to it, but I think I blocked it from my memory. It was, I, I know it wasn't brilliant. Oh, no, no, it's quality, absolute quality, that's what. Everybody needs. Yeah, so next up we've got the awards section of the show. First up is match of the night, Rob. Which match did you prefer? I mean, there was a lot of... (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't say star power in the first match, but there were a lot of people that we'd seen before. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it to uh, Tony St. Clair versus uh, Chono. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like I said, I I did rag on the first match quite a lot, and and it, it was... It was a spectacle, and there was an element of fun looking at, like you say, the, the people who we do, re- you know, recognise. But yeah, the the Tony St. Clair Chono match is, is the much better wrestling match by far. So, who was your MVP of the night? I'm going to for Tony St. Clair, classic British wrestler who was probably pulling out uh, a few tricks that we wouldn't have expected from him at this point. Yeah, that's I'm exactly the same way of length again. Uh, Tony St. Clair. Still putting putting on banging matches because um, you know forty you know forty six in nineteen ninety five as a wrestler isn't the same as as forty six as a wrestler now. You know a lot of guys had a lot of miles on the body, and I thought he did fantastic. But you know pulling out a uh, pulling out a flipping sent on off the top, no mean feat for him. And coincidentally, that's my that's my moment of the night. Uh, just jumping ahead. So what was yours? Uh, yes, but my moment of the night was the first yellow card because I really wasn't expecting that. It was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I could have gone, yeah, I could have gone that way too. Because, like, as we've said a couple of times, they were definitely trying something, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Um, I'm not sure how it is. So I, take it, it's, I suppose it's just a, a visual representation of public warnings, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That, that's exactly. And you know, we, we've spoken on um, on stacking the Dutatoria about you know the, the experimentation with sin bins and fines and other reasons to penalise cheating in one way or another. So it, it's not sort of uh, by, by any stretch of imagination uh, that far out of the box to be thinking about new stuff mm. like that, but. I thought it was a decent, well, no, I don't know about a decent thing, but yeah, it's very much in that vein. And I do like the public warning system. So, uh, although you get one less, I'm guessing with the <laughs> yellow card. Ironically, given the first match, it's, it's even less tolerance of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but only in singles matches, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, I didn't see any signs in the crowd, did you? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I suppose we could give the sign of the night technically to the wrestler stickers on the ring post. Yeah, the the football away day stickers. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? So next up, the first of the hair based awards. Uh, who? Well, did, I just, I've just found Tony Wilson. But I, I just right. want to mention this, but I've just found out 
We've been calling him PM News. Do you know what PM News is actually called at this point? Go on. Cannonball Grizzly. What? Yeah, that's the name he was wrestling under. <laughs> Cannonball Grizzly's a, a shit name for what? He also wrestled as um, Cannon and Krugel Grizzly, which must be the German for Cannonball Grizzly. And Paul the Grizzly. <laughs> Paul the Grizzly. Paul the Grizzly. But it, it wasn't particularly grizzly. Well, I, I know it was, said, it was just big. And I, I know you said what was Matari Wilson, but but my Rene Goulet is going to uh, Canon and Krugel Grizzly for, for that. <laughs> Whatever he has. Yeah, he's, he's got my Rene Goulet as well because it, it really does defy explanation what he had going on up there. It was like a W on top of his head with a mullet at the back. <laughs> it was fucking shocking, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. <laughs> so who gets you, Tory Wilson? Yeah, so I'm I'm going for um, JBL with his Chris Hero, uh, just stepped out of a salon look. Yeah, we've definitely been doing this show for too long because I've gone for, gone for Texas Hawk himself as well. Brilliant. Which is also a terrible name. Just saying. But, you know, it was the 90s. What are you going to do? So I couldn't find the overall rating for this episode of Wrestler. But there is an, an overall rating for the taping from CWA Euro Catch Festival. And it's only got one rating uh, on the cage match. And it's been given three out of ten. Okay, that that. Well, I suppose we didn't see the rest of the day, but that feels harsh, given what we've watched. Well, the rest of the day could have been absolutely shocking. It could have been. It could have been. Uh, so speaking of ratings, uh, what would you rate this out of 10? And well, for, for what we saw, uh, I think it was a great return for Reslo. Even if the first match wasn't uh, stupendous, you, you know, you've got some British, British wrestling on there with, Danny Collins, even though we only saw him briefly. You've got British wrestling with Tony St. Clair. Um, you, you've got good match at the end. A few American imports who at least would have been sort of what's going on over there. <laughs> with the size of them or whatever. Yeah, I, I was entertained. I'm giving it six and a half. Yeah, that's um, roughly where I was with it. Uh, I gave it a six. It's not one that I'd necessarily rush back to very quickly, but I, I would watch Tony St. Clair versus Masiro Chono again. Top 51%. <laughs> Sanders of a rating. I suppose I should have said top 49%. Yeah, top 49%. <laughs> Don't want Graham to shout at me. Bless him. Well, I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking about wrestling with you, mate, so what do you reckon? Should we do, uh, should we do the last episode of The Run next week? Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a plan. I'm well up for that. Good stuff, good stuff. I'll get my uh, my outro out of the way then, because you do the more professional one. Uh, so thank you for listening along to us uh, talk about wrestler and the uh, the lunacy of uh, <laughs> the movies from Germany. Uh, if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, I'm over at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date on movies that are 25 years out of date. If you want to hear more of me talking about stuff, I'm over on SJP World Media doing uh, the Doctor Who pod with Cy Powell and the volley with my strike partners, the magnificent Matt Lewis and Connor from Connor Knows Footy. That's superb, yeah. Great, great stuff happening over there. Uh, really worth checking out. So people should uh, go and get involved and uh, get involved in Halftime Pie Club. An athletic endeavour and made it about fat bastardry. Yeah, well, well done, well done. <laughs> You can follow me at UTT Rob. It's really more about the mutuals than it is about the followers, so I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back. On the same channel that you listen to this, you can hear the One Man's Meet podcast with Danny at Scottish Juggler and the real Chris Bellis. And they're going through the forgotten storylines of wrestling. Wrestlers that might not get that much love, that kind of thing. They're on a bit of hiatus at the moment, but uh, all this stuff is really well researched and uh, really worth checking out. So, uh, yeah, get back in the archives uh, and hear that. We do have uh, another side of projects that we've kept mentioning uh, on Stacking Daddy Tory, where we are on the road to Wembley, 1981, to one of the most 
watched matches of all time when 18 million people watched uh, Big Daddy versus Giant Haystacks. And we're having a lot of fun doing that. And uh, we'll see Tony St. Clair at some point <laughs> in that endeavour. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, it's nice to hear that said properly because I've been listening to a lot of AWI pod and blessing. Glenn always calls it unstacking tea dadatory. <laughs> oh, bless him. Yeah, well, we'll we can, we can uh, take him to task tomorrow. Um, and we shall yeah and yeah again a bit on hiatus because we're wanting to get chris and danny involved but we um have an upcoming project um kelly club where we're going to be watching all of les kelly matches and, and actually we'll be doing a joint record with the work in progress guys for that tomorrow as we've mentioned so keep an eye out for that uh, coming up in the future but uh, can't, can't wait for that no it's gonna be really good really good one project that we have finished now, but back in the archives, um, on Booking the Tankatory, we follow the life and times of legitimately the hardest man that ever lived, one David Tank Abbott. And if you go to the Twitter for that, at UTT Tank, you can get some hashtag tank facts. Because we will never let them die. No. Indeed. And if you manage to spell out Tank Abbott during a game of Scrabble, you instantly win the game. Yep, very true. Uh, it's in the very fine print of the rules. It is indeed. Uh, with all the uh, speculation about the upcoming release of Grand Theft Auto 6, it's been revealed that Tank Abbott has already completed Grand Theft Auto 7. Yeah, based loosely on his life. It, it was, and he completed it with only one weapon, and that weapon was a pea shooter, and he only had four peas. <laughs> yeah, the man who takes killing two birds with one stone is life on easy mode. <laughs> And after seeing the effect that spinach has on Popeye, several laws were passed to make it illegal to serve Tank Abbott spinach. But they, they didn't really need to make those laws because all he eats is gold nuggets. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And chips out diamonds. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be back for uh, more uh, wrestling with a Welsh accent next, to- next time. Yeah, looking forward to it. Super. Well, in the meantime, thank you for listening.